is a god of the game. Greetings from Sports Chacha, you lovely people. Is Cristiano Ronaldo out there to demolish goal-scoring records or to demolish the value of multi-billion dollar companies? Spain managed to pass their way into boredom. France are still the favourites, Italy are through, but that is all about Euros. Because this time, we also have a lot to talk about the first ever World Test Championship. Let's go! It's proper monsoon time guys in Mumbai. Skies have opened up and we are ready to record our first ever second episode within a week. Welcome back everyone to Sports Charcha. It's me Bala and I have my co-host, ex-colleague and a dear friend Ishan with me. Hi guys, welcome back. As we are speaking, this is Thursday 17th June, 10pm. As we are talking right now, Denmark and Belgium's game is going on. Denmark are leading by one goal to nil. But we'll talk about that a little later. But we'll start with the game that happened immediately after we finished recording our last episode. It's We can call it a snooze fest or the first ever nil-nil in this tournament. Or in fact, till date, the only nil-nil of this tournament, Sweden versus Italy. Sorry, I'm very sorry. Sweden versus Spain. I mean, Spain passed, passed, passed and passed again without scoring. You could expand Spain's Spain's name, call it Sleeping Pain. (laughs) But yeah, it was probably the most boring game I have seen in a really long time. And I think the last boring game I saw was again with Spain. Oh, which one was that? (laughs) I think one friendly they played... Or one of the qualifiers, it was just like 5,000 passes <laughs> and not doing fuck all, like nothing. And this game, at least they had one chance which Morata should have scored if he was a good striker. Uh, but he isn't a good striker, so they didn't score. How bad was that miss? It was too easy, he missed it. First of all, I was surprised with the uh, the, the team selection itself. I was surprised not to see Moreno. I was surprised to see Morata instead of Moreno in the first place. But chalo, TK, Morata still can score. But again, after seeing that miss, I, I still don't know why Luis Enrique uh, sticks with Morata all the time. I hope he learns the lesson this time and starts with Moreno the next game. But apart from that, Spain were very poor. As I said, they kept passing. They had some passing record and all. I think it's a record in Euros for the number of passes that happened. They had 85% position. But still, Sweden should have scored two goals. <laughs> if you had seen yeah, the and game. I told, and I think we discussed this uh, just when we were recording the po- podcast, right? Like exactly. Sweden is not going to be an easy team to break down. And in fact, they were uh, they actually deserved a result out of that game. Uh, Spain both of us know this. They are not the same team. It's just not that they don't have a style. And Luis Enrique, for me, is not the right man to lead the job. You know, if, if say, for example, they would have got Lopetegui back or not had that, you know, ceremonious firing, uh, we would have seen a very different Spain. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I think the only plus point for Spain I saw was Pedri. But other than that, there wasn't much... Uh, Spain wasn't offering much actually. Anyways, let's move on from that snooze fest of a game. And let's go to the 
probably i thought this would have been the first shock or the first upset of the tournament but eventually it ended 3-0 in favor of portugal versus hungary couple of things of about this game uh, hungary budapest where the match happened the pushkar arena that's the only uh, venue of this entire euros 2020 where 100% attendance was allowed uh arrest all the other uh, cities had covid restrictions this was the only place where 100% uh, attendance was allowed and that that was actually we felt it as as someone who was watching the game on tv i felt the 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 noise of the entire stadium it was brilliant to watch i thought hungary had a great game the scoreline was was fairly misleading if you had watched the game portugal were actually struggling a lot yeah and hungary has actually give, given portugal a hard time previously as well if you remember the last euros uh, they met in the knockout phase and you know they needed uh, portugal needed some miraculous ronaldo goals to rescue them from a tricky position uh, but i think one of the core problems of what portugal had in this game was how irrelevant bruno fernandes and bernardo silva was for them like they didn't give offer anything uh and that's going to be that's that's going to be a matter of concern for them because as we know that they are part of a group that is going to be really tough to go through from and yeah but they got more most importantly they got the result they also got the goal difference they got three goals so that might prove pivotal uh in the eventual qualifying qualification from this group yeah just some uh, housekeeping things ronaldo scored two goals and became the tournament's top scorer ever he he uh he overtook platini's record of 10 goals and now he has 11 goals across five different euros he has been playing since euro 2004 i mean it's not surprising i mean it's ronaldo for god's sake i mean if if someone who is expected to beat that record it has to be him he scored a penalty again you wouldn't see Ronaldo missing a lot of penalties it was a great penalty and his third goal by that time pretty much hungary was out of the game they they were tired they were gone and ronaldo took full advantage of it and scored the third goal kudos to him credit to him and credit to portugal for wrapping up the game because if they had not win this game then the next two games would have been really really tough because the game that happened after that France versus Germany game. I mean, I I couldn't watch because of various reasons. Ishan, you saw the game. What did you think about the game? I think it was a great like it was end to end. It was extremely exciting, especially in the first half. And what I noticed and what I actually got wrong in my prediction was Germany came in for a good fight. They were not going to let uh, France run them uh, around the field. uh the way tony cruz gundogan you know i was pretty surprised with that selection because you know you've got passing maestros whereas the opposite side marking them you've got defensive you know geniuses like angolo kante and pogba uh but i was surprised that how you know for example there was one one piece of play where it was pogba up against tony cruz uh and pogba tried you know various skills but tony cruz just went straight for pogba got the ball of him pogba fell over and i think that was symbolic of the entire game because france wanted that beautiful goal but that didn't come and germany just kept it very simple they were very unfortunate that matt samuels put in an own goal he tried to clear the ball it 
went straight in noyer had no chance but beyond that there were not too many clear cut chances france had yeah i mean when i saw the score i mean i didn't watch the game as i said i, I got up in the morning and i saw the score 1-0 and i saw it was an own goal i thought this would have been really good i mean then i saw the recording then i saw yeah germany actually didn't fold like they played really well they gave france a very good fight but one thing i felt i personally felt that france didn't allow themselves to attack more it felt like france were happy with that 1-0 lead and they were trying to uh, save energy for the remaining games i mean my personal feeling i don't know how others felt but i i always felt that france had another gear if they had to switch they could get onto another gear and 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 throttle on in fact they had they scored two goals right both the two goals were uh, chalked off for offside both were offside yeah yeah but yeah But I feel, you know, and I might get a lot of criticism for saying this, but I think to some extent, defense defenses have figured Mbappe out. Mm. Not when you know when Mbappe threw on goal or when he's you know obviously he's unstoppable then. But on one on ones, right? There was if you look at Mbappe a couple of years ago, there was no he was going to beat you if he was going to take you on one on one. He was going to beat you. But I think what defenses have done, obviously by looking at so much footage available, is that. they know which way he's going to go they know the moves and that's similar how we saw you know in the first season of ronaldo at united where english clubs other clubs didn't know what the hell to do with him but after that he had to change yeah. his game literally uh, he couldn't be the skillful guy that he was i think the same thing i think mbappe is going through that phase also i'm a little confused as to what role griezmann still plays in the team it's similar to his role at barcelona but i don't I don't know where he fits in into that model especially with Benzema coming in. Uh in the World Cup Griezmann was the main go-to man. Yeah. Now you have a proper number 9 who's going to take the ball, who's going to finish it. Benzema by the way had a great game. Some okay. of his touches unbelievable. So, yeah, it's I still mean France is still going to play well. They're going to it's just a teething problem yeah it whatever this game did it just added that one more uh one more justification and it kind of reiterated the fact that france clearly are the favorites and this was a big game playing germany in front of their home fans in munich beating them 1-0 brilliant brilliant result great win for france 3 points and the next game i think they are playing against hungary and i'm expecting france yeah. to do a lot of changes i mean they have yeah an amazing squad i mean they can put two different levels and they both can still yeah. compete at the highest level so i'm expecting france to go through aram se but then yeah portugal germany would be very interesting and germany i was a little uh, surprised to see the starting lineup uh, i'm not sure why they had to play Kimmich on on I mean he almost played as right back if I'm not wrong. You had such a great yeah. passer in the middle. I mean they they have Cruz and Gundogan, but anyways only Joachim Low will know what he is doing. Anyways that that yeah. group was done. I mean with that group we had all the groups done with one game played, and yesterday we had Group A games uh, played, which is Turkey Wales. We spoke about. Wales being lucky uh coming off with one point against Switzerland. Yeah. Yesterday's game they weren't lucky. <laughs> yeah, I meaning yesterday was a very interesting game. I saw the highlights of that game. 
and you know you had bale missing a penalty which very rarely happens but then i think yesterday yesterday if you saw bale for the first time you probably think he is one of the best players in the world uh because <laughs> yeah. when he's in the mood he still has it and it was great to watch uh convincing result for wales uh i'm i'm very happy for them they're a great squad they play really good football uh and but yeah you know turkey is not turkey anymore yeah i was very disappointed i mean in fact we spoke about this during our last episode also that turkey were supposed to be the dark horses but they were extremely disappointing the the second goal if if you can if you guys can go and watch the footage the second goal bale literally took the ball off the player from the corner kick and just ran through the turkey defense and went till the almost till the goal post and gave it to uh, yeah. uh the, the the one who scored the goal it was pretty uh pretty bizarre to see turkey play that way and 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 and, and to rem- to remind you guys like wales missed a couple of glorious chances as ishan was saying uh bale almost sent that ball back to wales and yeah. daniel james i think it hit the it hit the ball which ramos sent against bayern munich as <laughs> in a penalty it finally hit it in orbit somewhere <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but congratulations to Wales. They were supposed to be the f- supposed to be the favorites to finish fourth in this group, but they already have four points. Almost true. Yeah. Almost true. Still not mathematically true, but 99 percentage yeah. they should qualify for the next round. Which means the other team, the favorites of this group still remain favorites and they play like favorites and they don't play like Italy they don't play like the Italy that we have seen for the last 25 30 years in our lives i mean yet another 3-0 victory and that too so easy they were they were playing it was a like great great what a, i mean it i think they are the probably the you know the type of football they play you probably associate with, associate with dutch football <laughs> yeah. it's you know it's exciting attacking they have multiple solutions for a single problem they have you know they attack through their wings they have wing backs coming in you've got a great forward line you've got options as well and then i think the star of the show yesterday was lockatelli uh what a what a game he had i think he's made his a case for a big transfer now i think suddenly prices have increased uh but i think italy is going to be really fun to watch and i'm waiting for them to play a big team because that will be the test yeah. right yeah you know you've seen them play great football right now but they've been playing you know they played turkey and then this game right so it will be once they go into the knockout stages and get a good you know bigger team uh, it'll be fun to watch italy has never scored three goals ever in euros and now they have done that twice in two games and they have won 10 games consecutively without conceding a goal and in that process they have scored 32 goals 31 goals or 32 goals. I mean, this is not definitely not the Italy I have seen in my life. I mean, brilliant. Congratulations. Yeah, that's why you should be like England. <laughs> England have never played entertaining football and they still continue to do so. Consistent. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyways, all's not lost for Switzerland and Turkey. They can still qualify. Uh just to remind you guys like last episode also we spoke about this that a team can finish third and can still qualify for the round of 16 so all to play for turkey and switzerland in their last game so it will be exciting to watch 
uh one last game to cover which is finland russia and also we had ukraine macedonia just ended today 2-1 not going to talk a lot about that game finland russia ended 1-0 now right now denmark and belgium are playing just half time it happened uh, denmark is leading 1-0 and if this result stays it's going to be very interesting this group yeah all four teams in three points <laughs> yeah so the next two games will be potential uh knockout games so yeah. but one thing i want to talk about i mean we want to talk about that happened during this game is in the 10th minute the entire uh, the, the, all the 22 players on the field paused the game they applauded uh, for christian eriksen the entire crowd the players everyone applauded for a minute it was it was a brilliant moment it was great to see uh, as as you were talking about earlier also football even though like it has given so much joy over a period of time it's still not the most important thing around there are more important things that we need to we need to focus on yeah i think i didn't watch it but i can i can visualize it it must have been amazing i think especially with the crowds in the stadium would have been a great moment yeah yeah just before wrapping up our uh, euro stock i'm just going to do one thing which uh, ishan usually hates but i'm going to do it anyway so uh, ishan since we have seen all the teams play at least once your top 3 teams so far are yaar <laughs> bro it's just one round man ah <laughs> uh, okay top 3 teams i would obviously italy yeah netherlands mm-hmm. and i'm still this match is still not over so i would still put belgium mm-hmm. but i'm not i'm not even going to mention france because they are there anyway yeah uh, it was going to be a tussle for me between belgium and portugal but the way i saw portugal play even though they got the result mm-hmm. i was disappointed uh, so meaning till the second match till they play the second match i'll put belgium as my third team cool I will go for Italy, Belgium, and France. So yeah, we'll end that. We'll end Euro stock right there. All right. For the first time ever in the history of sports charcha, we are going to have a section that is dedicated for a non-football topic, and this time we are going to talk about the first ever World Test Championship. See, I got that right this time. I pract- finally I practiced it I practiced it for half an hour <laughs> I made sure I get this right it's world test <laughs> championship <laughs> uh, so after what almost 100 plus years of official test matches and uh, yes. for the first time ever we are going to have a world cup for uh, test matches and it's not between australia and england it's between india and new zealand uh the because it was completely rigged <laughs> the point system is flawed <laughs> i i don't like it <laughs> so this whole process started back in 2019 so the idea was all the nine test playing nations at that point of time to play each other once and every game and every series will have points allotted and based on the points you'll have a table and the top 2 will play the finals in england it was supposed to be in lords but yeah due to a lot of things happened over the last year because of covid a lot of things changed in fact the table itself changed they had to change the whole process of how they are going to rank the teams from points to percentage points uh, it's it's basically Uh, based on the percentage points scored out of the maximum possible points india finished on top 
with 72.2 percentage points. They scored 520 points. New Zealand finished second with 70 percent uh, with 420 points. So they are the ones who are going to play the finals. India led by Virat Kohli, New Zealand led by Kane Williamson. What's your initial thoughts? Any anything? We we did speak about this a little last week. I mean, last episode. So a- any other things that you want to add? This is, I think, also one, you know, the situation is also very different where you see two big test playing teams not playing at any one of their home grounds. So none of mm-hmm. them are actually playing with, uh, playing under conditions that they are used to. And I think in this scenario, this would affect India more because India has not had a series for a really long time in England. Whereas New Zealand just played one yeah. against England right now and thrashed the shit out of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, they demolished yeah. them. Like. And if you look at the team strength, I think what is going to be very important for India is if they get their selection right. More often than not, India takes a couple of test matches to get their selection right. Their first test match of a series, if you've noticed, and if you guys follow cricket, whenever India plays, their first test match is probably the worst squad they put in. Right? Yeah. And that is where what worries me about this because this is a one-off. I never thought I would say this in a test match series or something. It's a one-off across five days. Um, so that's mm-hmm. going to be a challenge for India. But if you look at the strength of India's batting lineup, you need a, a, at least one or two of them to click and then you get about 500 runs. It's as easy as that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but New Zealand on the other yeah. side is just consistent. Like all of their players bring in 50, 60, 70 runs and somehow they make it. So my thing is the decider is going to be the bowling, not the batting. Uh, because New Zealand bowling squad is built for seeming pitches, seeming England pitches. Like if it's a green top and not like one of our friends, Varun, say, who says Pata pitch, which is unlikely. <laughs> uh, if it's a green top, yeah. it is going to be very tough for India. What do you think? Yeah, uh- Spot on. I, I totally agree. Because batting-wise, yes, obviously India have a better batting lineup. In fact, the playing 11 has been announced for India. No major surprises. I mean, openers will be Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill, which is where my problem is. I'm not sure how they are going to handle the pace of Neil Wagner or uh, this guy, uh, Tim Southey or, or I, I don't know who's going to play. I think Pat Henry might. Trent Bolt. Trent Bolt is in the team. Oh, yeah, yeah, Trent Bolt. My God, how did I forget Trent Bolt? I, I, I really don't think how they're going to handle them. But then you still have the experience of Pujara and Kohli coming in. It'll be very interesting to see. But yeah, bowling-wise, New Zealand definitely have a better pace attack. But if India can use their spin very smartly, especially Ashwin and Jaddu, both are very smart spinners. They don't rely a lot on pitch conditions. They're pretty smart in reading the game and, and, and bowling according to the, the, the way the pitch is. It'll be very interesting to watch. Now, one thing is that this is one World Cup final where the game can end in a draw and both the teams can actually share the final trophy. Not because... It, it gets interrupted due to rain or something. Like, you can have a proper game and it can still end in a draw and it can still end... Bala, in a, in a viewers situation. know what cricket is, huh? Just saying. <laughs> no, but I'm saying World Cup. In, in a World Cup final yeah. uh, where officially teams can share the trophy. So, so that, can, that can also happen. New Zealand strength, 
or the, the the main man is obviously Kane Williamson and he hardly fails i have never seen him play a rash shot and and, and go out uh, playing a bad shot so it will be very interesting to see uh, the key is as you rightly pointed out it's new zealand's bowling versus india's batting it will be interesting to see how india handle i think the one thing that worries me about india's batting also is other than pujara we lack patience uh that's like true. if you look at and as you rightly pointed out our opening pair right they are proper attacking batsmen they don't have the patience to see how the pitch is going if you give a full pitch ball first ball of the test match to rohit sharma he will cover drive you no doubt <laughs> if you give a short yeah. offish ball to shubman gill he will cut you they are not going to wait for it they are, so that is going to be a challenge so i think it's going to be a fine balance between how patient india can be and how well the new zealand batsmen can manage our spin yeah and and leading up to this world this finals india lost only to new zealand rest they won every other series but the only series that they lost was against new zealand uh, in new zealand so i am not sure will that play a, a, a part in in india's in in, in in new zealand has actually if you look at it in terms of like results have always been a thorn in india's you know chase for success or glory like your world cup happened in england yeah. new zealand dropped uh, knocked them out then i think whenever india have toured new zealand uh, they've not had a very good yeah you're right like you're right very interesting even the last world cup 1990 the last time the world cup happened in england in 1999 it was new zealand who knocked india out well technically india were out of the tournament by then but then india lost to new zealand again in that and we all know what happened yeah. in in the 2019 world cup where we lost to new zealand in the semi finals so yeah great game it will be a I mean, it's it's a five day game so we'll probably when we do our next episode which is when we record on monday night uh we'll probably have we'll, we'll definitely have a, a much more idea of what's going to happen maybe the game would have ended by then who knows so we'll see then all the best to both the teams and probably this is the only time where uh i will be a little sad if sad if india loses but i won't be that sad because if there is one team if there is one captain who i want india to lose it has to be New Zealand and it has to be Kane Williamson. So I won't be terribly sad if it happens. You're right. I really want Kane Williamson to win something. Meaning, I think all of you who watch cricket know what happened in the last One Day World Cup final. Meaning, if you have to define heartbreak, if you open the dictionary <laughs> and there's a word heartbreak, you will see the picture of Kane Williamson there. Yeah. Uh, and and probably Martin Guptill <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, but I think. Yeah you're right if there is one team i won't feel probably bad obviously i would love australia to beat india one <laughs> day uh, but but if you know new zealand new zealand are a very like they've always been a very likable team you cannot have anything against the new zealand team they play in such great spirit they play hard and so it's going to be a great game i'm actually looking forward to this i love test cricket yeah. i'm a test cricket fan uh so I'm really excited. We are pretty old school. I'm saying we are pretty old school. We love Test cricket more than I mean. I love T20 cricket, but the like I love watching that hard-fought Test game, Test match always. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I like for example every Test series. I've probably seen every single ball of every 
game but i didn't see a single ipl game this season <laughs> because it's because it's i've just reached a point of fatigue uh plus kkr sucks <laughs> so uh, there's not, not much for me to watch so let's move on to our speed point section there is only one place to begin there's only one headline there is only one major point i'm not even i'm not even going to say anything over to you ishan on this oh god very emotional i don't think i've been this emotional since uh, rahul left or kasias left because sergio ramos is finally not finally is leaving real madrid after 16 glorious years our captain but i think he will forever be one of you know the greatest real madrid players just for the moments you know if there is ever a player built for moments yeah it has been sergio ramos moments where he's lost his mind in a clasico and got sent off you know he's given me that kind of hell but 9 93rd minute had a champions league final greatest moment in our club's history and we've had really good moments so what a player what a leader for us but yeah i partly understand why this has happened uh we are broke real madrid broke uh ramos is a high salaried person he's 35 and his his, bo- his body is not the same as what it was if you look at it he last year he played about 10 games in la- last season he played 10 games both for both club and country and he didn't finish 90 minutes in any of them so that tells you a lot about what our decision why our decision was it was a game of poker between fiorentino perez and ramos but i think nobody budged and i think the signing of david alaba made it very clear for me that it was going to be ramos's time you know we've seen edder militao now settle himself in center back as well so yeah i'm very personally very sad it's a change of guard in madrid but just to end this madrid topic it's going to be very interesting now to see if varan leaves or not because that was the original plan mm i'm not going to add anything to it because you summed it up pretty brilliantly i just saw one great tribute video posted by the real madrid twitter account for ramos brilliant video guys i mean if you guys can watch it go and watch it very touching very great i mean i i used to hate ramos naturally people can understand why i do that but over a period of time i i i my grew a lot of respect for him and and now i have nothing but respect and 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 uh, wishes mala i have a question for you if you had to create a dream team where you had to choose in your center back either pk or ramos who would you take ramos not p you see i would i would pick both but if i have to choose one it has to be ramos i mean there's i don't think there's any question there cool let's move on to the next quick hit okay so let's go to copa america Yeah, it's yes. happening, guys. Argentina, Chile drew one-one. Spectacular Messi free kick. I mean, yeah, as usual, nothing very, uh, nothing very unusual about it. A great free kick. He has now the record of scoring most international goals scored for Argentina in official games. I mean, he already has the record for scoring the most international goals for Argentina. Now he has that record also. But yeah, the game ended one-one. Argentina screwed up as usual. Paraguay defeated Bolivia 3-1 so there has been a break there tonight or tomorrow more tomorrow morning or day for tomorrow morning the next set of games are happening so we'll talk about it when that happens now copa america aside 
we'll talk about managerial changes. The season hasn't even started yet, but we have already have seen one manager moving out. Gattuso, who was appointed Fiorentina's manager 23 days before, he's now resigned. There's a mutual... Uh, yeah, when Gattuso is gone. Today. <laughs> Gattuso is gone. Some, some issue between him and the club. In fact, between him and Jorge Mendes, he's even... I saw something that he might even... Uh, him, him and Jorge Mendes might, might part ways. So, it's not just uh, him and Fiorentina. So, so, that has happened. And with, if you are to stay in Italy, Gigi Buffon is going back to Parma. What I mean, this is, story that is. It's great. It's a what, a what a romantic story. I was about to say that. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. He started his After career what, 26 there. 26 years? 26 years. 26 years. Wow. It's, amazing. It's actually quite unbelievable to think he's been playing for 26 years. <laughs> you know, he, he, won his, he won his first Coppa Italia uh, with, uh, with Enrico Chiesa. And he won his latest Coppa Italia with Federico Chiesa, his son. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's wow. how old Buffon is. <laughs> yeah, so, I think it's a, what a, I think I think it's a great swan song to his career. Um, I think we were discussing this in the morning. It would be amazing to see Ramos go back to Sevilla as well. Uh, yeah, but that's not happening. I think Ramos has categorically happen. come out and said that Sevilla is not happening. So... Yeah, but life would have been nice. But yeah, I think Ramos still believes he's, you know, can contribute at the big level. Uh, mm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. My thing, my gut feeling, it would be fun to see him in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. As of now, I mean, whatever I can, whatever I have seen on Twitter, uh, it looks like the two Manchester clubs are after him. I mean, it looks like Manchester United is after every player, like how they used to be four or five seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other obvious destination, looking at his salary, obviously comes as PSG. But let's see what happens there. I really hope that he doesn't go to PSG. Hmm. I want to see him. I mean, I don't think Manchester City need him. Uh, you know, Guardiola and Ramos would be very interesting. But uh, Manchester United could be a destination. He was close to joining Man United about five times in the last six years. <laughs> So, it might probably happen. He might do a Bastion Schweinsteiger. <laughs> yeah, could be. Uh, from the other player transfers, nothing much has happened. They just The same old talks has been going on. Which we will expect it to move on because when the Euros is happening, you don't see a lot of player movements going on. So, we will bring those updates to you whenever we get them through our Twitter feeds. So... That's about it, guys. This has been a very short and a sweet episode because we also want to get back to the Denmark-Belgium game. The second half just started. Kevin De Bruyne is on for Dries Mertens. So, it will be interesting to go and watch that game. You also, guys, should go and watch. Is what he wearing a face mask? No, I mean, I'm not watching it. I'm just seeing the updates. I, 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 I'm not watching it on TV. So, yeah, we'll go and watch that. You guys also get back to whatever you guys are doing. So that's about it. We'll we'll come back to you on Tuesday or Wednesday mostly. We will record on Monday night, but we'll get back to you by Tuesday or Wednesday. And if you haven't subscribed, please once again go and subscribe right away. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you and have a great time. Bye guys. See you next week. Thank you everyone for listening. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. And also, please, like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also new listeners to easily find our podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the rate Sports Charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate the Jam Room Audio. Bye.